And welcome back to the Film School for Marketers podcast. This episode is sponsored by Quick, a leader in open captioning and transcription services for your videos. Thanks to Quick, we transcribed this episode for the show notes in only minutes. We'll talk more about Quick later in the episode. We welcome you back and hope you're staying safe and hope you're staying healthy wherever you're at. Mariah and I are in our own forms of quarantine at our homes. <laughs> and fortunately, I uh, have a subscription to HelloFresh, and so my groceries are being delivered. So I have not been a part of any of the madness that I understand is going on out there. So that's pretty cool. That's a blessing. Lucky you. Yeah, I have been part of the madness, and I wish that I had a, a meal subscription going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I recently signed up for it, so it was good timing. Yeah. And so with all the craziness going on, uh, we wanted to take today to talk about something that, to be honest with you, although we know a lot about the subject, it's never been something that we really thought would necessarily be of, of uh, guaranteed value. But given the, the circumstances today, uh, what's going on in this world and, and the way that we're all having to adapt, the way that we sell and market, it's actually extremely relevant and turns out it's very valuable. And that is uh, virtual selling, how to adapt to a scenario where you are having to sell, not face-to-face, -face, as many businesses are used to, but entirely virtual. And this really applies to all of us, whether, in, whether we're in a B2B or B2C product or service company, no matter what you're doing, you're probably in a scenario where you can't sell face-to-face. -face. Now, what's interesting about this is at Impact, we have an entirely virtual sales process. In fact, it's mm -hmm. very rare. And in fact, I don't know if it ever happens that we will actually have a sales meeting face-to-face. -face. Most of our company is remote anyhow. And so we're pretty well adapted to having virtual meetings and, you know, doing instant messaging through Slack and things like this. So, so we have to communicate virtually all of the time. And so this certainly isn't hitting us as, as bad as it is other companies who literally their salespeople are sitting at home twiddling their thumbs, not doing anything because they don't even know what they should do. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to talk about today really is how you can adapt to virtual selling and more importantly, how you can do it in a way that isn't going to slow anything down uh, in a way that is going to keep your buyer's confidence very high and something that's efficient for you so that you can work the same volume of leads as you're used to. Uh, and it doesn't, you know, doing it virtually isn't making it impossible for you to work the same amount of leads. Uh, Mariah made an interesting point before we jumped on here today, which is that this isn't unique. Like you probably aren't going to be the only one who has to adapt to this. This is, your competition has to do this as well. And so not only do you have to adapt pretty quick, but you have to do it well. And so we're here to share really what we do here at Impact. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be valuable. You think it will. <laughs> I, think, I think it will. I hope it will. I hope it will. Um, first of all, the role of a BDR. And this mm -hmm. is something that oftentimes you, you say this to a team and they don't really know what a BDR is. Mariah, you know it best because you, you were our BDR for some period of time. Um, so why do you think that the role of BDR is probably really important right now? Well, as of right now, I feel like a lot of companies are probably seeing a, a decrease in the amount of maybe inbound sales opportunities that are coming through. And so I think it's more important now than ever for those people in the BDR positions to 
be able to find their audience, be able to find these opportunities and provide a value to them in this moment when there's a lot of panic and things going on and a lot of uncertainty um, and be able to speak to it really well. But I think aside from that, I mean, most BDRs, their way of prospecting, which is their entire day typically, is either through emails or it's through phone calls. Now you have this group of people that might have been more in person who were joining those forces and doing those things. And so I think more than ever, and especially with the scarcity of like, we need leads, we need these opportunities, it's an even more competitive space. And how do you do it in a way that is respectful um, and cognizant of the situation? But how do you do it in a way that's innovative and different? And it's funny because I feel like, you know, we've talked a lot about video is going to be a big thing for sales. It's going to happen. Like do it, get ahead of competition. And then we've kind of talked about those people who are doing it, you need to get innovative and, and do things to stand out because others are going to start to do it. So I think this is even more of a conversation of not only do you have to do it because video is a way for you to, to make these connections in a time where we're all not face-to-face -face or having these interactions, but how do you do it in a way that's going to stand out when everybody's doing it? Yeah. I mean, if there's any portion of uh, any business that is most adapted to virtual, it's BDRs. BDR yeah. literally is, it's, it's somebody in, within the sales team that's, their job is to set up meetings for the sales reps and mm -hmm. to help generate demand and to make, essentially they're, mostly qualifying people before they get to sales. And so, you know, that's a, that's been a really important role for us here at impact. Our sales reps time is valuable and uh, they don't have time to do all their own prospecting sometimes and set up their own meetings and things like this. So to keep them most productive, you have to have somebody who's like on the front line who is setting these things up. And so that's really where this use of one-to-one -one video was most, most prominent at impact was that Mariah started using this one-to-one -one video to, build more of a rapport with our prospects and make the communication more seamless over to our sales reps. And of course, our sales reps adapted pretty quickly as well, but it's made a huge impact on just the way that prospects feel when they first meet with us and the ease of setting meetings up and things like that. And so that kind of brings us into how do you, how do you set up a virtual meeting? It seems kind of one-on-one, but for many sales teams, that's not, that's not something that they're used to couple of pretty basic things that we do. And the cool thing is we have HubSpot that manages a lot of our sales communications, but we also use Google Calendar and we use Zoom. So even Ryan and I are using Zoom right now to have this conversation. Also, all of our sales reps are using Zoom. Zoom is just a video conferencing tool. It allows you to see the other person and hear the other person. It just uses the webcam, stuff like that. You can also use it on your phone, which is pretty cool, but it makes the virtual meeting pretty easy, right? It's like made for businesses. It's not like Skype where it's kind of primarily for personal uses. This is for businesses. And so essentially what happens is a Google Calendar invite will go out to a prospect who has a meeting with a sales rep. And in that Google Calendar invite, we'll have the Zoom meeting link. So everything is everything stays together. If that meeting gets rescheduled, the Zoom link moves with it. Um, each Zoom room kind of has its own unique thing. So you can't, you're not gonna have prospects jumping into to your room while you're already having a conversation with somebody else. And the really cool thing is that we use a, a scheduling tool for our sales reps through HubSpot and they can essentially send a link to a prospect and that prospect can pick a time that's available on the calendar. So it integrates with Google Calendar and shows that sales reps availability and then they can pick a time that works for them. When that invite goes out, it has the Zoom link already in it and something that's really cool is that it will send that prospect a, a reminder 
to tell them, Hey, you have a meeting in three days, you have a meeting in one day, you have a meeting in one hour. And so it, it drastically cuts down the amount of no shows that you might have, which is a big problem when you're doing virtual. Like it's entirely reasonable that somebody just doesn't show up and that's not a good thing. But I think the bigger problem for, for, for most sales teams, they don't really know how to set up a great virtual meeting. And this is so important because, you know, first of all, you might have other meetings you need to get to, so you need to be timely. Second of all, if they don't know the rules of engagement, kind of how that meeting is going to go, they could show up and do weird things like not turn their camera on. So that's one thing that we, and I've always been kind of good about this because you don't want to have a meeting with somebody where you can't see them. The whole point of using Zoom and not just doing a phone call is because you can actually see the other person. That's a big part of this virtual sale is actually being able to see and communicate with them as if you were there face to face. So the first piece of advice I would give to any sales team that's having virtual meetings now that has done it before is to set at least one rule, which is that you must have your camera on. And most people, if they are calling in on their computer, they have a webcam on their computer. It makes a difference though. And it's a lot easier to ask beforehand versus on that meeting. I've had to do this before though, where I'll jump on a sales meeting and I'll be like, Hey, you think we could uh, turn the camera on so I can see you? And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, but that's an important rule to have for the meeting. So you need to find a way to nicely and kindly suggest that they have their camera. I think more people are going to face some pushback when it comes to turning their cameras on or people even being a sales professional wanting to do it when they're at home because they feel maybe it's not professional. And we've talked about this. Like, There's things you can do to make sure that you limit your distractions behind you. It looks semi-professional. But I think there's probably right now in this moment, less of a concern of, hey, you're in your living room or you have your kid in the background. I think that's an opportunity for you to lean into because everybody is facing that right now. Like, don't let that hold you back. If anything, embrace that and connect with another person who's going through the same exact situation, might have kids running around, might have to be taking the call um, out of a space they typically wouldn't do. Um, But I think that's another great way to kind of get somebody to open up and turn on their camera. Yeah. And let's be honest, we can't be, we can't be picky about how we're communicating at this point. I mean, any (laughs) communication is going to be good. Uh, If you have dogs or kids, what are you going to do? Get rid of them? It's like, that's kind of part of life. As we mentioned earlier, this episode is sponsored by Quick. If you haven't heard of Quick, here's what it does. It allows anyone in your organization to quickly generate open captions for your videos. That means captions that are always there no matter where your viewers are watching video ads, social media, they're always visible. They're going to stop the scroll and they're going to cater to all of your viewers. Let's be honest, organic reach on social is getting increasingly difficult. And if you're running paid ads, you need to generate an ROI. Quick is going to help you do just that. It uses AI to generate your captions in just a few minutes, and it's very inexpensive with plans starting as low as $12 a month. Quick has saved marketers and videographers like you over 400,000 minutes of time. So believe me, they are worth checking out. Visit quick.io to try out Quick today. So yeah, in conjunction with kind of setting the stage with asking for something as simple as having their camera on, um, this is a a, a brilliant time for 80% videos and setting the agenda for what your call is going to be like. Not only what you're going to cover in the call, but what that call is going to be like. So for instance, you know, you might be, you might be a service company that requires a face-to-face interaction. For instance, it's a great example. Our friends are at River Pools and Spas. If somebody wants to get a pool installed, they're, they're assuming 
that a sales rep is going to come out to the house and meet with them in person and look at the backyard and do all of these things. But it turns out that there's a lot of things that they can do that you actually don't have to meet with them literally face-to-face talking with them. They still need to come out to your house and maybe do some things, but there's a lot that they could do virtually. And so what they did is they created some, some content that says, you know, this is what's, this is what we need to cover with you first before we would come out. And actually most of this could be done virtually and it's X, Y, and Z. And these are the things that we need to know. And then in a few days we'll come out and, and you don't even need to be there if you don't want, but we'll, we'll go to the backyard. We'll get our measurements. We'll do whatever we need to do. The reason why it makes a difference is to have this 80% content to set the rules of engagement, to set the agenda and things like this is because let's say you have a half hour meeting scheduled and they have a million questions about all the things that they, they, kind of perceive about what your sales process is like and what you might need to do in person or not in person. Uh, they could take the reins pretty quick and that that call won't be productive. So the goal with an 8% video always is to cut down on the amount of time we're spending educating so we can spend more time selling. So the more educating you can do on this is what we're going to cover in this call. This is what we're, this is what we need right now. This is what we're going to be able to do without being in person at all. It's going to make that, that call, that meeting much, much, much more productive and that's, the, that's how the 80% video was born is because we know for many sales appointments, there's a lot of educating that has to go in to make the sale easier. But if you can take care of that education beforehand, you don't have to waste time on the call. And I'll be honest with you, even though everyone's at home, time is more precious now mm-hmm. uh, in their minds than, than anything. So they're not going to waste time and you want to make sure you're using your time as efficiently as possible. And so if you want to... Use an 80% video though. One thing you have to get good at is something we call assignment selling. And this is a huge part of virtual sales because assignment selling is a vehicle to make sure that your prospect is well-educated before you speak with them. Not only well-educated, but that they don't have the same objections, the same concerns, the same fears, the same worries as they did before. And therefore they're much more open and, and sometimes at sometimes reasonable, more reasonable than they would be otherwise. And now assignment selling is really making sure that the things that could be accomplished before that meeting do get accomplished. The philosophy behind this was actually born again at river pools and spas where they knew that if the prospect was educated to a certain point that the sales call would be dramatically shorter and they'd have a higher likelihood of closing the sale. These are things like, do they know if they need a heater for their pool or not? Do they know if they need a cover for their pool or not? Helping them make these decisions before the sales appointment even happens. Assignment selling, though, is just a method of using content to educate people before you meet. So this could be things, what's your assignment selling really is how that meeting would go, what they need to know before that meeting, and maybe just things about your sales process that they should know. You could take an hour and a half meeting and cut it down to a half hour. If you let that other half of that education, things like that, you let the prospect do that on their own. There's no shame in asking them to do that they're serious about buying whatever you have, then they'll do it. But the way you ask really matters. And this might be a time that you're creating different content than you had before. If you have even been assignment selling, because the way that you're selling might've changed at this point, right? Like your process might've changed now that you're not face to face. What does that look like now? How can you make that a little bit easier for the person on the other end? So this might be an opportunity to revisit some of those materials that you have. Yeah. Remember you're an expert in what you do. The, the buyer is not an expert. It's our job to be helpful. It's our job to educate them. It's our job to make them into good buyers. It's our job to help them make a good decision. We have to trust 
they're going to make a good decision, do everything that we can to educate them to make the best decision for them. The last thing that I want to discuss, though, is uh, something that's really cool that we've done here at Impact as well, because we're not meeting in person for people to sign things, is that we use a software called PandaDoc. And PandaDoc does all of our agreements and contracts and things like that. Everything takes place in PandaDoc. So you have electronic signatures. You can make comments and things that between the salesperson and the prospect, you can have communication. You can highlight certain things about the agreement that you may or may not like. And then what we do as well here is not only do we have a virtual agreement that's easily emailed and signed and transferred and things like this, but we also will record a one-to-one video of us walking through that agreement. So I want you to imagine this. Imagine you send an agreement to your customer. Uh, It could be a quote or something like that too. And then it's accompanied by a video of you actually walking through that proposal. So you're now again having this virtual touch point where you can explain what's in that without ever actually having to fire up another meeting at all. And that's very common for us here at Impact. We we don't want our, our customers to have unneeded meetings. And so if we don't have to meet with them to discuss the scope of work, we can just send them a video walking through it. They can watch it on their own time. And oftentimes that, that really speeds up the process of us getting a signature and it's just much easier for the customers. So we're talking a lot about creating videos and using it throughout your process. Um, So if you are not familiar with certain tools that you can use, there are free tools out there. We've talked about them on previous episodes like Vidyard and Wistia. And we'll link up as well. Vidyard is doing something uh, where if security and privacy is an issue for you and you don't feel too comfortable using their free um, extension, they have another product that you can use up until June and we'll provide a little bit more information about that. But there's a lot of things you can tap into and start to use. And if money is kind of a concern right now and getting started, that doesn't have to be. Um, And a lot of them have really great tutorials about how to get started and ways to do it. So if you're hearing this and you're going, wow, it sounds like there's a lot of things that we need to adapt to, to make a virtual sales process. You're right. There is a lot of things. And for this exact reason, we have been developing over these past, I don't know, this past probably 10 days, a special product, which is a virtual digital selling workshop and virtual selling consulting. So if you're hearing any of this and you're going, this sounds exactly like what we need to do, how we need to adapt to what's happening, reach out to us. We can help you with this. We have senior consultants who are ready and available to help you out to walk you through how to make a sales process virtual and more effective. And if you just want a quick shot in the arm and you'd rather have a workshop, myself and Marcus are running special virtual, meaning it's a virtual workshop and it's about digital selling. And we can talk with you about all these things that we've discussed today. Not only all the touch points and things that might need to change with technology, but more importantly, the vital bits of communication that need to happen to make sure that you're still working the same volume of leads, that you're still closing the amount of customers that you need and ultimately building trust with a buyer who is uncertain right now. We know that for sure. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to us. We're not hard to find, impactbnd.com. We appreciate y'all listening today. We hope you're staying safe, that your families are safe, that uh, you're healthy and happy. And if there's anything that you need, any questions you have, please drop those down in the comment section below. We're very grateful for your time today, and we hope to see you next week on a brand new episode of the Film School for Marketers podcast. Until next time, keep learning.